I'm Simon King, and this is What's Wrong. It's uh, the day before Halloween, because I'm a little bit late recording this. Um, I've had a very busy week. I did a, uh episode of uh, CBC's The Debaters, which is, uh, for people who are not in Canada, that's a radio program where people debate topics up here. It seems tailor-made for yours truly, and uh, it was really funny. Lots, It's very funny. It's a hilarious show. It's not made, meant for uh, to be serious, um, although they do cover some stuff that's serious, but it's quite nice to do a lot of fun, nice to stretch my legs, get in front of an audience again, because we had a, a limited studio audience, but it was nice to actually have people in there and, uh, you know, get in front of people and start making people laugh again. It's kind of nice. It's been, obviously, not just for uh, for comedians. It's been strange for everybody, but for comedians, it's a bit odd because so much of your life revolves around, you know, uh, entertaining other people or being around other people. It's a very social, uh, ironically, because most comedians are quite, you know, solitary people, but it's a very social thing, you know, your entire career involves other people, <clears throat> tend to have that removed, it's been strange, but it was nice to do that, um, and yeah, and I've been getting ready for Halloween, and uh, you know, it's, I think it's one of my favorite holidays, Halloween, because it, it seems very, there's not, there's not a lot of pressure on Halloween, what do you got to do, you got to go buy some, see, holidays are all of like, what you make of it, the pressure that you put on yourself to do it. Uh, like New Year's Eve is the worst. You always feel like you should be doing something and invariably it's disappointing because it doesn't matter what you do, it will always be disappointing compared to what you think it should be with New Year's Eve, you know? Like, unless you win the lottery and fall in love on the same night, it's probably not going to be the best night of your life. And yet that's what people think with New Year's Eve. Whereas with Halloween, it seems to be a lot of like, participate as much as you want. You know what I mean? With Christmas, there's obligation. But uh, with Halloween, it's just kind of like, yeah, just hang out, get together, do whatever you want. Right now, obviously not get together, but most years, like maybe see some friends if you want, dress up in a funny costume, don't watch some scary movies if you want, don't, whatever you want to do. It's a good holiday for that. So I hope wherever you are, um, you may be listening to this on Halloween or shortly after Halloween, um, <clears throat> I hope you had a wonderful celebration or are going to have a wonderful celebration or, or exactly what you want. You want to sit at home, watch some scary movies? Uh, cool. Or funny movies too. You know, uh, there's a lot of really great stuff out there, Halloween-wise, uh, that's funny, you know. Because uh, 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 I've got the boy, um, you know, we started watching kind of movies with him. And uh, that Hotel Transylvania, that's kind of fun. And there's some there's some good, you know, Halloween-y movies that are worth your time. So cartoons and funny ones. Young Frankenstein's always good. We won't watch that with the kid. Uh, but when he's old enough, for sure. So, yeah, anyway. This is a pleasantry side of the way. Oh, and... Before we continue, I should say I am uh, getting back to performing uh, November 13th and 14th. I will be in Vancouver at the Kino Cafe doing um, longer sets. I haven't done an hour of stand-up since March, so this will be the first time I've done that in a long time, and it'll be neat to get out there and stretch my legs. Um, tickets are on Eventbrite for that. If you have groups of four or six, uh, there's a discount because we're trying to get as many people as we can in the room, and if you have you know groups, it... Uh, you can fit more people in. Um, so yeah, or you can, uh, if you need information about that, send me a letter, www.skpodcast at gmail.com, and I will um, write back to you. Or you can tweet at me, at Unfamous, or whatever. However, just get in touch. And I'll, uh, I'm not really on Facebook these days, so maybe not Facebook, but any other way you want to get in touch. If you have questions about the show, uh, I will uh, I will get back to you. Um, yeah, so... I wanted to do a little more lighthearted topic today because uh, it is around a holiday. And I thought I would do, um, you know, because small town life versus uh, living in the city. 
kind of like a, like a, a, a pros and cons. Because I've been thinking lately about maybe it's time to get out of the city. Uh, you know, with COVID, with the things changing, I think everyone's kind of reevaluating um, a lot of their life. And, and one of the things I like to do is I like to travel a lot and not being able to travel um, because of the current situation means that it's kind of changed the way I, uh, I live. And not going out and doing shows as much has changed the way I live too. Because it used to be I would go out, you know, most every night of the week and do stand-up shows. That's pretty much how I built all the time I have and got to the level that I have and got to the level of ability that I have. You know, there's an experience that's required to be able to do the thing that I do. Um, and so, but I've kind of got to a point at 20 years in where I don't really need that much repetition anymore. Unless I'm on the right, as I call it, which is like when I'm on, I'm on, on the way to writing a new hour. Um, if I'm really, really churning out a lot of material, I like to get on stage, but even th- I can't right now. And who knows when, for the foreseeable future when it will come back. So, you know, to me, the value of living in the big city has always been a few things. One is the access to things, right? If you live in a big city, especially if you live in a, a significant city um, where, you know, uh, the bands come through, the movies come out first and all this, you know, a big market uh, such as Vancouver is, you get the advantages of all those things. You get, you know... Uh, the the clothing store chains or fast food chains or whatever that you want will probably open in your city eventually because there's enough population. You have access to world class resources of all sorts of things. You you know you have the the you have a lot of things that are very beneficial living in the big city. The living in the big city is great too because traveling is a lot easier because pretty much you know like Vancouver for instance there's direct flights to most everywhere. You can get wherever you need to be relatively quickly and relatively inexpensively compared to other airports and other places. You know, you have transit systems, you have, there's a lot of very good benefits to living in a city. But as I get older, perhaps it's an age thing, there's some things that I definitely feel that I'm lacking. One, um, I mean, I would like a yard. That's something that I feel like I'm lacking. And if you're listening to this and you have a yard, go hug your yard. Get, be appreciative of the space you have outside. Because, you know, being able to be in the green, being able to be outside and having your own space outside uh, is so to me, such a valuable mental tool to be able to be just outside. I mean, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, like going and sitting in your driveway. I'm talking about like being able to be around green space. If you have your own green space, even if it's just a lawn and some bushes or whatever, that's got to be good for your brain. And so being able to have outside space, you know, because right now, uh, you know, I live in an apartment in the city and I don't have uh, the freedom that comes with being able to just walk outside and just walk around your yard and 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 I know a lot of people don't have that freedom I know it's I know it's not uncommon but to me I feel that that's something that definitely I need to complete my life the ability to have space to exist um I want to build a fire I want to do whatever well maybe not but I mean that would be amazing being able to live in a small enough town where you could have enough room that you could have a little fire pit in your backyard and go out there drink whiskey and do podcasts in the freezing cold um you know there's something about being able to have snowball fight in your yard, being able to, that, that really appeals to me, that I feel personally very drawn to. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to do the yard work and everything, but I like that sort of stuff. And that's something that, you know, realistically in the city can only happen if you, uh, especially in the city like Vancouver, if you have an exceptional level of, of income. And even then, you know, I don't think most of your neighbors would take very kindly to you having fires and people over and stuff. So I think that's something that, I kind of like the aspect of control of your own space, which is one thing that that cities take away from you. Cities do take away uh, control of your space in many ways. If you live in an apartment, 
you, you your space is not yours. You're renting that space from a uh, a landlord. Even if you own, you're still kind of um, stuck doing what the strata says. You don't have autonomy over your space and environment. And not having autonomy over your environment, not having control over your environment, um, kind of, it, it, I, to me, it, it, it breeds this feeling of not quite being there. Like everything is, is not quite solid. You know, like it's there, but it's like a hologram that's like you could kind of touch it. But if you push too hard, you go through it kind of thing. That's how it feels to me to not have my own space, my own, um, you know, ownership of something, which is, is necessary, I think, for humans too to have freedom. And I think freedom exists to me in a space where if I want to paint this wall, I can paint this wall. If I want to take this down, I can take this down. If I want to be outside, I can be outside. If I want to, and, and you know, I have, I have a deck. I have, a, and, and there's some things that are great about the city. Like I have view. Um, I'm able to be in the hub of things. So if I want to go and get a drink at, you know, one o'clock in the morning, I can, I can do all those things. But I think as you age too, and maybe becoming a parent as well, um, sort of pulls you away from the allure of that. I've lived in this city uh, for 20 years or so. And so I've had access to those things for that time. And I mean, I lived in London and I've lived in LA, but they're all big cities, right? So I think that having access to that, and like I said, London, world-class city, Los Angeles, world-class city, they all have these beneficial things. They all have, you know, big drawbacks. Um, and one of those drawbacks, like I said before, is, is not having this freedom of space that I think is really, uh, to me, key for having a whole life, at least what I, I really want to have space that I have control over. Um, given that, yeah, I'm restoring this vintage, well, I'm resto modding this vintage camping trailer at this point, but it's out at my parents' place, which is about 45 minutes from my house. I have to go there to work on it because uh, it will fit in my parking space. I could even rent another parking space, but I'm not allowed to work on it here, uh, understandably. I need space to do things like that, to have projects, to, if you want to spread out and fill up, um, you know, I think it gives you more freedom to exercise different parts of who you are. If you're the kind of person that likes working with their hands, if you're the kind of person that likes being outside and gardening and all those things, I think having that space gives you that access. And the city doesn't often afford that. Um, but by the same token, there's sides of my personality that the city greatly benefits. Um, the the performance part of my personality, the stand-up comedy part of my personality, the socializing aspect of my personality. I mean, there's so many nights I've closed down bars and I've hung out late and I've, and I really like that. Um, but as you get older, that becomes less of a thing. Uh, you know, you still do it. You just do it more targeted. Like, okay, Friday, this Friday is going to be my night when I go out drinking. And so I'm prepared, you know, I've got, I've got the Tums at home for the heartburn. I've got the Advil for the morning. I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's less of a spur of the moment thing because you just, as you get older, you have different things that are priority for your life, you know, like between 40 and 65 are kind of like the, the big earning years of your life. They're the big, um, the big responsibility years of your life. They're the big, those are the, that's the time of your life when you kind of set up for the end of your life for the last 20 years or whatever it's going to be. So, you know, the idea of just going out and willy nilly just, you know, closing down bars and everything. On, on a whim, not as common. You still do it once in a while, but it's not a common. So, you know, knowing that I would have kind of the, the, the plan in place to do that anyway would mean that being in a small town, because um, I've looked, I've been thinking about moving to a smaller town. There's some comics uh, moving out of the big cities now, and I think more and more about it. It's maybe not a bad place to be. 
Um, but yeah, would I be able to go and get a drink? You know, would I be able to order the food I want at, uh, at nine o'clock at night? Would I be able to go and get a slice of pizza at 1am? Would I, no, I can't do those things. I think you have to accept that, you know, the compromise is necessary to gain that. But that's the, that's the thing is like when I was young, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, the idea that something was happening without me being a part of it was a really gnawing sensation in my brain. It was something that really bothered me. And so moving into the city, moving into the thick of it, somewhat remedied that. Remedied that. It made me feel more included and connected. Um, but I don't think I have that in that way anymore. I mean, I have it, but I don't have it the same way I did. And so removing myself from... it's Because... I've also grown as a person and realized that geography, uh, it, it, it doesn't solve that loneliness issue. It doesn't solve that emptiness issue. That's an internal thing. It doesn't matter where your body is. It's where your mind is. That's important. And so, you know, not needing to be around that, not needing to be around the excitement, not needing to be around the constant um, reassurance that you are part of whatever's happening uh, really frees up your ability to go elsewhere and do other things. You know, small town life or smaller town life, because I'm not, you know, necessarily talking about moving to a town of 500 people sort of thing, but smaller town life has its appeal in that then you are forced, perhaps without so much outside stimulus, to really relearn who you are and adapt to this new environment. You know, it's like once you turn off all the noises... You have to focus on what's going on internally. So from a mental health point of view, and as a person, maybe the idea of being able to exercise those other sides of my... Because my personality particularly has been singularly focused mostly on stand-up comedy for the last at least 15 years, if not all 20 of the last years of doing stand-up. So being so focused on that at the expense of so many other things. I mean, sometimes think about, you know, have I wasted time? Could I have been another... Could I have been... Could I have done other things? Yeah, probably. I mean, everybody could. Should I have done other things? I don't know. You know, you, you take a gamble with your life and you roll the dice and you go, well, this is what I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to be. But it's foolish to not know when to walk away from that table. And maybe walking away from, you know, even though your geography doesn't dictate who you are, it can be sometimes a necessary catalyst to reinvent yourself. When I, when um, uh, my lady friend and I moved from, Vancouver to London. We did it um, partially because we both sensed the need for a dramatic change in our in in how our lives were. She had left university. She had graduated university, and uh, I was in a position in my career where I was basically doing the same thing all the time and needed some sort of uh, I needed a kick in the butt to start. And like I said, even though relocating yourself physically isn't the answer all the time, sometimes it's the first step towards it. And I think that that made a huge difference in my life because I think if, even if I never live in another country again, uh, having taken that step, making the having the confidence in yourself to relocate at that level, um, I think was very good for me. Uh, I think it really gave me, you know, okay, let go of the edge of the pool and start again and see if you could do it. And then when you can, when you did succeed, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I didn't get famous in England, but I definitely got to the point where... I was working consistently and able to pick up my career basically where I dropped it off in Canada. The only difference was I wasn't selling tickets, but I was getting there. And I think if I'd have stayed there and done what I uh, do in Canada there, I think by now I would be, you know, where I was or where I am here. So 
that catalyst in that way was necessary for me to explore, uh, you know, that was moving from one big city to another because I was still at a point in my life when I wanted to be in a city. I wanted to be in the thick of it. And, you know, London is, is a world capital. So being in the city, being in that city particularly, but the 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 parts that were missing were still missing there. And I think they continue to miss no matter where you are. So maybe the next step is the catalyst to moving to a smaller town and maybe going the other way and using that as a way to go, okay, now you don't have the, your geography is no longer a credit. You no longer live in this city. You no longer live in this big city. You no longer, you know, you're no longer part of this machine. Now you have to make your own machine. And I wonder if the same is true if it goes the other way. Cause I grew up in a smaller town at the time and it, it, you know, it grew up as I grew up. And then I moved to the city and, but I've never lived in a small, small town. And I wonder if it's the other way around. I wonder if you get your introspection time and you get your, cause I think then you dream of, I think it's maybe it's a grass is greener thing. Um, you know, I want to be on the other side of, of this fence. I want to no longer live in this, for lack of a better term, rat race. And maybe people on the other end of it, they, they, they want to dream bigger. They want to be bigger. They want to be more connected. They think, they think that party's happening and they want to be part of that party. But I wonder if that is just more of a youth thing, too. Because it could just be... Because I am 43. I don't feel old. I don't feel 43. But I am at that point where I have enough memories of living in the thick of it that it's almost like exploring the other side of it. But that's the thing. So should I move to a smaller town? Should that happen? And I move there and I set up a life and I start to live that way. Um, you know, much like Doug Stanhope does. And if, you know, if you're a Doug Stanhope fan, you should be if you're not. But he's a comedian who, you know, got some success and then uh, relocated from Los Angeles. I believe he was living to this town called Bisbee, Arizona. And it's a town of about 5,000 people. And listening to his podcast, you can hear the rich, full life characters and people he has. But he very much makes it himself. It's a world he's built. Um, he is the center point of his own little universe. Not in a negative way, in a very positive way. He still does his touring. And that's the thing, too, is like, this would not be a withdrawal from stand-up comedy. It might be the thing that's necessary to keep me going at it. So instead of stand-up comedy being the only thing in my life, um, other than, you know, personal relationships and everything, but the only thing in my life that kind of consumes me, stand-up comedy becomes a tool to facilitate the things in my life that can then, you know, because I do miss working with my hands. And when I get to work with my hands, I love it. I do miss... Um, being able to not like this, the, the time in the time of COVID, um, but this time without this constant obligation to be funny, to be the center of the room, to entertain, to, you know, without the, the, the weight of it being my income too. That's the other thing too, is like, it's not just a, a hobby. This is my job and has been for a very long time. And so there's pressure to use it to provide, which is, precarious at best when your art form becomes a way to provide for you uh, and those around you. But So I feel like I'm in a, in a strange position now where it no longer is that way. It's no longer that... Um, it's no, I'm no longer that dependent on being on stage as I once was. It, it's not the crutch it used to be. I mean, I've been performing here and there, and I do still enjoy it. I very much enjoy it. But it's almost like it's actually better now because I don't need it. You know, I'm not leaning on it. It's like analogous to, you know, going through a period of time where you drink too much because you need to drink and then taking a long break from it and coming back to it because you want to and enjoying it because enjoying it for what it is. 
Um, and I'm not saying that stand-up isn't still, you know, the majority of my life. Stand-up is responsible for the person I am. Stand-up's the reason I'm doing this podcast. Stand-up's the reason I have the personality I have to a large degree. Um, so you could never underestimate the echoes in your life that things like that cause. But at what is probably roughly halfway through my stand-up career, if not maybe a little less than half, depending, or maybe the end, who knows. But whatever it is, at this point, at the 20-year juncture, uh, redefining my relationship with stand-up comedy means that I can actually redefine my relationship with my geography, with my city, with where I live. Because if I no longer need to be on stage, you know, every night of the week, I no longer need places I can be on stage every night of the week which means I no longer need to live in a city where I can walk to a gig and drop in and, you know, I can start to build that world around me. Uh, and then, you know, it doesn't, like I said, you, you go on tour, you tour, you know, you still tour three months out of the year. You just split it up and you, you do the shows as you need to. And when you're on the right, you know, you go and get as many gigs as you can and maybe you go and spend some nights in a city and you work. But maybe redefining how you approach, uh, for me, how I approach stand-up will allow me to find more peace in a place that is not as central. Maybe I won't feel as disconnected. The only problem is, the only way to find this out is to move to the small town. And the, the small town has great appeal to me in many ways. One, uh, you know, like I said, ownership of your own space, owning a home or even, you know, having a space with the yard or something like that, being able to, you know, engage differently with people, you know, I mean, not dreading having to drive places because of traffic, because the traffic is low, getting to know the people who work in your local stores, being much more connected to your community. If you live in a town of five or 10,000 people, you know, the amount that you see the same people is much higher. There's a repetition there. There's this, there's this, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, you get a connection with the place. It's less facelessness, you know? Like you can spend 20 years in Vancouver and you're still seeing, you know, dozens of new people, hundreds of new people every day, depending on what you do. Um, whereas I believe, you know, in smaller towns, you, you're, you're having some consistency. You're recognizing, oh, that's that, that's Dave's truck or that's whatever. And, and even in towns of, you know, 10,000 people, because depending on how much, I mean, you know, I look at some of these towns that I think about moving to, and they're all around that size. And I think to myself, well, if that would work, you know, you would be, there would never be a question, oh, where are we going for drinks tonight? It would be like, well, we'll go there. And then it's, they're close to that. But then you would also be in that position where you'd be like, well, I don't need to go out now because I don't need, because one of the reasons, I, like, I don't drink to get drunk. I don't drink for the sake of drinking. I drink for the social aspect of it most of the time. That's what I want. I want to be around people. I feel like something is happening and I want to be connected. So if you rebuild your life from the position of not needing that in that way, does that then change how you socialize? Does that then change how you connect? Will it have a fundamental change on how you connect to other people? You know, I was talking with, uh, with my very good friend about this and uh, he was saying, well, what are you going to do if you move to a small town? Like, what would you do? And I go, well, that would be the adventure, would be this exploration and learning about who you are in a different context. Because it's very easy to get wrapped up. I mean, you know, a, a city is like a rock concert. It's so loud, you can't hear your thoughts sometimes. Not in the sense of audibility, although that can be an issue in Vancouver with the constant construction. But there's so much happening that, 
you, you're just swept up in it. You're taking part in it. You're in the mosh pit whether you want to be or not. You, it's happening around you. So you can either take part. Uh, and even Vancouver, which has its weird seclusionary thing and people are disconnected from each other in a strange way, there is still this feeling of as goes the city. Um, and there's a lot of privileges to living in places like that. I don't know where you live, if you live in a large city or if you if you don't. Everything has its perks. And... You know, I know people who would swear blind they would never move to a city. And I know people who would swear blind they would never move to a small town. But I think, I think, you know, human beings are pack animals. And I think, you know, being in a city, a, a large city, a faceless city, a, dare I say, colder city, I think robs you of some of that connection. Because I'm not saying you would move to a small town and constantly be, you know, you would become friendly with everybody in the town or connected. But I think you would feel more connected to the space. You would feel more connected to the space and the people in that space. You would feel more, I don't know if it was pride, but uh, protection of that. That's why sometimes you see these people who live in small towns that... They have a very much not in my backyard mentality. And I think some of that is, it's not just about property values and everything else. I think some of it is a bit of like, well, I don't want this to change. This is the, the pack that I live in. This is, and like I said, even though we're not talking about, you knowing people individually, the, the fact that the space you live is, is smaller, it's closer around you. It's almost like you can see the edges, you know, like right now, you know, living in big cities is like swimming in the ocean. You just can't see the land. You're in the middle of this big, big and endless sort of space. And it's teeming with life, but it's, but it's also very easy to just kind of get like, you know, lost in it and drown in it. Whereas I think that sometimes, you know, a, a small town, you are living or smaller, you're, you're kind of in a lake or even a swimming pool where you can reach out and touch the edge. And there's some comfort in that. So I don't know. To me, it's it's a very interesting... Like I said, you only really know if you do it. I mean, I could personally move to a small town and find out in six months I can't take it. I hate it. Um, which is a very expensive mistake to make. But I feel like... I feel like, you know, your internal compass sometimes needs to be shaken a little bit. And, and it gives you... And sometimes, like, a, a relocation geographically can do that for you. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know if you live in a big town or a small town. I, maybe I got thinking about this because of Halloween and trick-or-treating and, you know, going from door to door and realizing that, you know, in the city that I live in, in an apartment, there's just no trick-or-treating. I mean, this year, obviously not, but even if there was, there just isn't. Is that a thing, uh, you know, that's, that's maybe made me think, oh, you know, I kind of miss that idea. I mean, taking my kid around trick-or-treating and stuff is something he's never going to be able to do really here. Maybe a small town's the answer. Or maybe I'd go completely insane. Maybe I'd just start comedy in a small town. Go build a scene. You know what I mean? Go be a founding father. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it is, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about how where you are affects who you are. Um, because like I said, it's not that the geography affects your personality. It's that it allows you to unlock perhaps new pieces of you. Um, as with everything that influences you, you know, everything outside of you, everything you read, you touch, you, everyone you meet, everything that there are, they have influences on you that, that, like I said, send echoes through your life. And, uh, some are bigger than others. And maybe, 
that's the key. So who knows? Maybe in a, in a, in a couple of years, I'll be coming to you from some small town in BC somewhere. Maybe I'll be a farmer. I don't, I don't see that happening. But, um, you know, although I do think I'd want to stay by the ocean. I think I need to be by the ocean because, you know, there's only so many compromises a man can make. Um, yeah, let me know. Send me a letter at www.skpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Like I said, a little more lighthearted. I didn't want to hit you over the head this close to what I think is one of the best holidays in the year. It is, like I said, Halloween. I hope you have a very good Halloween. I hope you take care of yourselves and uh, take care of each other. And you know what? Um, if you feel like getting out and you're in Vancouver, come and see my shows. Come to one or both of the shows. I think we're going to, if you can't see it, I think we're going to uh, do a live feed of it. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and I'll have more information about that closer to what links you can follow and stuff. But uh, yeah. So uh, I guess uh, I should do something monstrous, shouldn't I? Oh, that's what's wrong this week. Ooh.